Hi, welcome to the 10 Minute Leader. This is part two of my interview with Kurt Schmidt, an amazing leader in the tech sector. If you didn't catch part one, feel free to go back and take a look at it and hear it because it's got some great tidbits in there on leadership. Here in part two, Kurt continues to talk about some wonderful ways to be a good leader, but also talks about some of the challenges in regards to the specific industry that he is in, in the design sector of the tech world. So tune in, hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you have any thoughts or any questions. Another question that I was thinking of when I was thinking of you and your role and also the way that you tend to help and mentor a lot of other organizations as well is around leadership. The challenge of being a leader who has to recognize that they can't be perfectly up to date on all the technological side of things, right? The, yep. That pressure of like, they need to have all the answers and that transition of being like, I'm okay with not having all the answers because now my role is different, right? It's just a mm -hmm. transition in roles you know, yep. knowledge. What are your thoughts around that? And how have you navigated that? Uh, or how have you encouraged others to navigate that? It was that? very challenged for me early on in my career, because I started out as a designer and developer very long time ago. And as I was working in an agency, building the agency, I was hiring really talented people. And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by all these people that are way better developers and designers than me. I felt very threatened by that, like what was going to happen to me? Like, I have to stay competitive with these folks. And then when I was put in charge of them, I thought, well, I have to be the best one to be able to be in charge of that. All of these, I just made mistake after mistake after mistake, Ben. For me, what I learned, what's important as you transition, specifically to what you were talking about, Ben, is that you need to stop thinking about how and more on the why, because that's where the value really comes in. How to use SharePoint to do this or that is not important. Why we're using SharePoint? Why are we using Salesforce? Or why are we building something custom? You're someone that understands, you know enough about the how to be dangerous, but that's not where your value is anymore. At this point, you've been through so many different types of experiences that you know what questions to ask during the why process. And that is tons more valuable than just being someone who can just execute. So once you start to move into that, you have to own that strategy side of who you are and what your role is going to be, because those are where you're going to build those great relationships, not only with your team, but with clients or partners or internal people. Just own it. Don't fight it. Understanding why we're doing what we're doing is very important for the team so they can just go focus. You were a person who did how at some point. So you know how important it is to not have to think about why you just want to yeah. you just want to knock tasks off the list and go home. So yeah. be that person for them so they don't have to be considering the why. They could just focus on their job. So that was a huge transition for me. A great question, Ben. Well, it relates to something you said earlier about over communicating, right? Because that helps mm. your role changes to being the one who needs to communicate and, and re-communicate and over-communicate about the why, about yes. and put those dots together for people too. So they understand why working on this affects this, right? Yep. And, and how they fit. Exactly. And yeah. not to think that one form of communication, and when I say over-communicate, I don't mean just repeat yourself. I mean, use different areas to do it. Like old saying is seven times, seven different ways, right? So if you right. want to really communicate a message, make sure if you're sending out a company update, you email to folks, but you also put it in Slack or wherever you have your team's thing. Yeah. Maybe make a little video on your camera or on your phone and send it to folks. If it's a really important message, don't just leave it up to, well, I posted it in Slack. If they don't get it, then that's their fault. Well, nope, that's your fault because you're assuming that everybody's at where you think they are at. So you have to go to where people are at. And sometimes your staff 
isn't at their desk looking at Slack. Sometimes they're busy working, which is what you wanted them to be doing. So be more intentional. There you go. Intentional, right? Yeah. <laughs> Question, let's say that someone in a similar industry as you, let's say they're part of a software design agency and they're listening to this, I'm assuming that there might be a couple of them out there, whether they're the president or owner, or maybe there's someone more junior in the organization, a little bit more industry specific, not necessarily leadership focused, but what do you say is the biggest kind of challenge or biggest myth that these companies are trying to solve or the biggest challenge they're trying to overcome where they don't even know they have that challenge that they need to overcome? What would you give to them as a piece of advice or just a tidbit on that? Yeah, I would say the biggest challenge that I've seen in agencies is positioning, is positioning themselves into a certain segment to say, this is what we do and this is why we do it and this is who we do it for. A lot of agencies are very much like, we do websites, we do marketing websites. Well, who do you do them for? Well, whoever needs them. Mm. Oh, um, let me guess, your company isn't growing? Yeah, how'd you know that? (laughs) So I would say, and again, I've been there. It's very difficult to think that you're saying no to work when you're being more broad in your positioning on who you work for and what kind of work you do. It's something that will hold an agency back. I always tell agency owners, I mean, the more you niched out, it doesn't mean that other people won't contact you asking you if you can do that other thing. Just means that the people who you really want to work with are going to show up more directly and waste less of your time doing stuff, right? So like us, we don't do websites. We don't do marketing websites. We don't do any of that sort of thing. So if somebody contacts me, oh, are you looking for a WordPress site? Great. I've got my friend here at this company who I can refer you to. We used to work with him. He's great. Go and talk to him. And then I don't waste my time. I don't waste any other people's time. Just go and do that thing. And my friend over there, we have a great relationship. He knows that somebody comes in with a custom app build that they want to do. He's like, oh, you should go talk to Foundry. Like they're they're the people who are going to help you. So for me, being able to clearly define who you're going to work for, who you're going to do it for, why you're doing it for them. It's not something that's easy to do straight out of the gate, but I find it's very difficult for these agencies to focus. And that's the biggest piece of advice I would give for people is find your focus and double down on it. It will help your company grow. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of the phrase, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it, right? And so the clearer your target is, the clearer you're going to have a chance of hitting it. Absolutely. And it it affects everything through your messaging and all those things. It doesn't mean you're not open to opportunities. It doesn't mean you're not open sure. to growing your services and expanding your organization. That's business strategy. This is positioning. It's very different. Right. right. For listeners who've been listening, I always ask a fun question at the end of an interview. And before we get to that fun question, is there any question that I did not ask you that you wish I would have asked you because you have this passion or this itch to share about it and you wish I would have said something about it? I would say when you're growing your business and you have to hire your first few people, people ask me all the time, you know, like, what should I be doing? I'm like, hire till it hurts, especially in the beginning, hire expensive people. Don't hire cheap people. You need people and go with your gut, hire people that are excited and hungry and get your vision and understand it and pay them well. And it will come back to you a thousandfold. Again, it's like investing in the stock market or these other things. It's not, you invest in top talent or you invest in a top growing tech company, you're going to get the same return. You're going to get a great return because you're investing in the right space. So be careful when you're first starting out that, you know, I get it, revenue is low, maybe profit is low. But if your goal is to, 
build a larger agency or organization, you've got to start it with a very strong foundation and it will last for a very long time. If you build it on cheap labor, then you got about three years and then you start to lose steam very quickly. So hire good right up front. You can give more opportunity to newer people or more intern level people or those things later once you have that solid foundation. Great. Great. And the cost of if you hire cheap, the cost of then potentially having to replace that person if they leave or whatever the reason is that they weren't good quality, either you have to get rid of them because they weren't good or because they left because you weren't paying them enough. The cost of replacing them is high too. Exactly. I mean, we've had the motto of always be hiring at Foundry since the beginning. It's an internal sort of mantra, right? We're always be hiring, right? Not always be closing, always be hiring. And so we're always interviewing folks, even if we don't have an open role today, we're planning for the future, right? So, oh, you know, I don't have a role for you, but you would be perfect in this thing. So let me, give me six months to create some opportunities to bring you in. And it's worked out really well for us. So as a kind of final fun question for you, Kurt, if you had to eat one meal and only oh. one meal for the rest of your life, oh. what meal would you pick? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's such a tough one. Oh, Ben. You know, so there's a restaurant here in the Twin Cities that does these pork bowls and it's got like rice and shredded pork and like fried egg on top and all these other things. It's the most perfect dish in the planet. It's at this place called Brasa. So if you're ever in the Twin Cities, and you're around, go to Brasa, get the pork bowl. I think I could probably have that every day and I would be just fine. Now, would it be the most healthy thing? No, it would not be. It's not super unhealthy, but again, I'm a big breakfast guy. Like I love like the full spread Mm. pancakes, sausage, bacon, eggs, the whole, like give it to me, like all stacked up. Like it's out of a scene out of a movie. I love it. So yeah, if it couldn't be that, that I probably would just eat, Breakfast food. That's what I do. Okay. I'd never get sick of it. (laughs) That's a great answer. If I'm (laughs) ever in the Twin Cities, well, if I'm ever in the Twin Cities, two things. One, I'm going to connect with you in person, Kurt. We're going to get together. And two, maybe we're going to connect over a bowl at Brasa's there for uh, a meal together. So good. Now I'm super hungry, Ben. Yeah. Well, Kurt, I appreciate you taking some time to connect with me. If people want to find out more about Foundry, about you, about your podcasts, where are some links that they can go to? Where can they find you? Yeah. So Foundry is really easy. The domain is Foundry Makes. So like we make stuff. So it's foundrymakes.com. Pretty easy to remember. And my show is called Schmidt List. So it's a interview style show. I'm almost... 190 some episodes. So you can find me on that. I stream to YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, the whole gamut, but you can also find the audio version of the show anywhere where you get podcasts. So it's named Schmidt list because it's easy to remember. And it's sort of tongue in cheek because my wife named it saying, it'd be funny if you called up people and say, Hey, do you want to be on my Schmidt list? And <laughs> I thought that's a good memorable name versus the transitioning leader, blah, blah, blah of America podcast, 2022 just call it something that people can remember. So just Google Schmidt list. You'll find it. There's not a lot of other people who have taken that branding. Nice. Good. And of course, for anyone listening to this, if you want to hear the episode where Kurt talked to me about leadership and leadership development, there is that episode on Kurt's podcast as well that you can find. I'll try to put that in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested so they can find that easily. Kurt, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully this is not the last time we connect. I'm sure it won't be. We'll talk again sometime, I'm sure. No, you got to come uh, back on the show this year, Ben. It'll be fun. Hey, 
I'm willing. I got some more good stuff. I've been kind of embedding into the work that I do as well that I can talk about. So that'd be great. So thanks again, Kurt. And for all of you who've been listening, really appreciate my listeners. Of course, uh, we wouldn't do this if we didn't have people listening. So thanks for listening. And a closing thought, Kurt summed it up really well, is in your own leadership, as you go from here, just be intentional with being the best leader that you can be. Thanks again. Tune in to the next episode that we've got. Look forward to hearing back from all of you listeners. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of the 10 Minute Leader. I hope it was valuable for you in your own leadership journey. I know we're all on a leadership journey. I know I'm growing every day. So thanks for tuning in and listening to what this guest had to say. My name is Ben Duick, and I'm the CEO and founder of Cantera Leadership. If you have any questions about leadership, feel free to reach out and let me know. I'll be happy to engage with you. Or if you have any suggestions for guests for the upcoming episodes, let me know. Have a great day.